Welcome to this BTA Chatcast. The BTA, the voice of business travel. Well, hi, this is Julie Cooper, Member and Partnership Manager at BTA, and today I'm finding out a little bit more about Mel Glass from Revolvi. So hi, Mel, welcome. Hi, Julie, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So just tell me, I, I seem to have known you forever, but how long have you been with Evolvi? Well, I can't quite believe it, but it will be 14 years in April. Wow. Um, obviously, obviously, I was only 10 when I joined. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but I suppose, I, I suppose it's a testament to the fact that the jobs kept my interest for that long, um, that I'm still here, really. Um, and... Um, I've done various different things, but at the moment I'm head of account management. So basically what that means is I have, it's myself and my team, which is Emma and Andy, and we look after the travel management companies and also, um, you know, some of the train operators that use our system. Um, and obviously the aim of the game, as any account manager will tell you, is to make sure that you keep your customers, keep them happy and help them in any way you can, really. Yeah, brilliant. And you do a fantastic job of that, I know. So I've got a few questions that we're just going to go through. And this is just really to replace conversations you might have, at, you know, at a networking event, really, when just to find out a bit more about you. So I'm just wondering, how would your parents describe what you do for a living? Do they understand it at all? Well, bless them. They're no longer with us. <laughs> so um, it's OK. <laughs> they, they, funnily enough, I was talking to somebody about, you know, parents today. Um, and my dad's been gone 10 years and my mum's been gone eight years and I can't quite believe that they've been gone that long. But anyway, they did. I mean, prior to working for Evolvi, I worked in business travel and had a new, okay. numerous different roles. And they, they understood business travel. They understood travel because they my dad was absolutely fascinated with planes. He loved them. And his lifelong ambition was to go on Concorde, which he did actually manage to do. So Fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. So they did understand it, but I'm not sure they'd quite get the technology bit of it, really. Sure. So, yeah, <laughs> bless them. Okay. So what's the one thing you'd wish you'd known when you started your career? Is there only one thing you can identify? Absolutely. That It wouldn't give me the wax, wag lifestyle that I think I deserve. <laughs> no, seriously, I think, I think it's a really interesting business, but um, I don't think you're ever going to make your fortune in it. But it's... It's so diverse and, you know, I can't say I've regretted it. So I, I haven't ever regretted joining the travel industry. I do love it. I still have an appetite for it. So I just have to make do with shopping at Aldi instead of Howard. You know. <laughs> as do we all, as do we all. Never mind. So um, what would you identify as your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? If you have a failure at all, that oh, is. Oh, this is quite a funny thing. I'd have to say my first marriage. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, same for me, really, too. So there you go. Yeah, I'd have to say it was my, yeah, too young, too idealistic. Um, God, it taught me a lot of things. It taught me not to bury your head in the sand. It taught me to get a backbone. Uh, it changed me as a person. I would have said I was a little bit, not maybe in my work life, but certainly in my personal life, I was maybe a little bit of a pushover. Um and like to keep the peace um but i certainly now i'm you know if something's not right you've got to talk about it you've got to sort things out and if it's not right you've got to have the courage to walk away from it i think 
Yeah, good, good advice for in business as well, really, to be quite honest. Yeah, you can only go so far yeah. to try and mend things. And I think you just have to be honest with yourself. Um, and I don't think I was at the time, but, um, you know, lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Onwards and upwards, always. Absolutely. I've, I've gone and done it again, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been that brave yet, so. What's yeah. it? What's the song by Britney Spears? Oops, I've done it again. <laughs> Something along those lines, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one. All right, so what sort of things do you read and what have you listened to recently that's really inspired you? Do you know what, in terms of reading, I, I go hot and cold with reading. Um, I went through, I think the, what this pandemic has um, done to people is, is sort of, you, you need to try and find an escape mechanism because if you turn on the TV or the radio, it's all like doom and gloom and depressing. And, you know, we're all in the same boat. We can't see our loved ones. We can't see our friends. So I think everyone needs a bit of an escapism. So just before Christmas, I started reading these really silly love, you know, like not Mills and Boone or anything like that, but, you know, lighthearted rom-coms, really. Yeah. But I, I read three and I thought I'm bored with it now because they're all a bit the same. And then I do like a good crime thriller. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm just currently reading a James Patterson book, which is really good. Um, I think in terms of what's inspired me or, you know, I, I think, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with this, is... It's just really when you think about the pandemic and some of the heroic stories and, you know, the, oh. especially the doctors and nurses and a good friend of mine's a doctor and she works up in Scotland and she's a senior registrar. And so she's been at the front end of it and she's still smiling and she's still full of joy and she's still full of life. And I just think they're absolutely amazing. And to yeah. anybody anybody that's got family or friends that have been part of this whole process and you know anybody that's taking part in the covid vaccination i just think they're amazing and i would just i'm so inspired by them and i just think if i was in their shoes would i be able to be like that and i don't know if i could be so i think they're just wonderful and i think we've yeah. got a lot to be thankful for absolutely absolutely so what's the most important thing you, you've learned in life? I mean, I know you touched on it a bit earlier on, um, <laughs> talking about your failures, but what's the most important thing you've lost, you've learned, sorry? I think this comes from my dad, because my dad was a very sociable person, but he was equally very um, kind, I guess is the word. So he, he sort of, I, everyone says I'm like my dad. My sister, in fact, said it just a few weeks ago. She said we were talking about something. She said, oh, God, you're just like dad, you know, um, which I hope I take I take as a compliment because I try and treat people with respect and be kind, because I think if you give out a positive energy and you're, you know, that way inclined, you get so much more back. I think it, I think it's much easier to be positive than it is to be negative. Yeah. Um, and so I try and try to sort of treat other people as I would wish to be treated myself and in my work life I try and lead by example so you know I don't want to sort of ask people to do something I wouldn't be prepared to do myself I think it's a good way to be um, yeah. but I think my, the most important thing I guess for me about what I've learned is really treat people with respect treat them how you would like to be treated yourself and you'll just reap rewards from that absolutely that's a great one so does anything keep you up at night, Mel? Oh, God, where would you want me to start? 
I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not you. I'm sure I'm not unique. But at the moment, obviously, it's the whole worry about, you know, when the pandemic's gonna. Well, obviously, we now do have a bit of a roadmap because the vaccine process is, is, is going full steam ahead, and I think that's something we, as Brits, we ought to be really proud of. You know, I yeah. think quite often we bash ourselves up a bit, or we get bashed up by other countries. But I think you know we're really leading the way on that, and I think that's fantastic, and it does give us light at the end of the tunnel. But I think it's when do we think business travel will come back and you know for me obviously i work in technology and i work with a product that supports uk rail so you know the fact that once the covid vaccine has been rolled out and people are more confident about going back to the office whether that's you know probably won't be as it was before but i would expect that the domestic market will recover quicker than the international one will so i think from our perspective or Evolve's perspective, we can see sort of like some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if, you know, and I'm sure my travel management uh, company colleagues and friends would say that trying to forecast when international travel might be more doable is pretty difficult, I think, yes. given that, you know, what corporates are going to want from, you know, what reassurance they're going to want for their travellers, will they want to wait until those countries are vaccinated are they happy just to let their if their travelers have been vaccinated are they happy to let them travel so I think there's a still a lot of angst if you like about when and how the travel industry can recover yeah um, definitely. as well you know so many of my friends and colleagues have lost their jobs it's ongoing um, and I just find it heartbreaking mm -hmm. um, and then if you want any other, I can add to the list if you like, you know, I worry about my family because I haven't seen them for yonks. Um, my sister had, my sister and my brother-in-law had COVID. Uh, my niece had COVID. So, and obviously I, you know, couldn't see them. Um, so I was yeah. worried about how they were going to recover. Fortunately, they're all very lucky that it wasn't too serious and they're all fine again now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of things. But I, I don't think I would be unique at the moment. I'm sure there's lots of people having sleepless nights because of just the whole situation sure and i understand you got a, a new puppy during lockdown as well so I did. did he keep you up at night as well uh, no actually she's really an amazing sleeper which is just as well really but uh, the first, we got her in the first lockdown but i have to say we planned to get her before covid really became a problem um, and we actually went to choose her the weekend before we went into the first lockdown Oh, right. Okay. Actually, getting her was was uh, quite tricky because we weren't allowed to travel. The breeder couldn't travel, so we ended up having to get a pet transport, a uh, pet courier. Um, oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, it's like a pet ambulance, really, but it's how they transport dogs and cats to and from the continent. It's no. Right. Um, so it was fine, except that of course she was in Lincolnshire. We lived down on the south coast. And I was like, oh my god, how much is that going to cost? Yeah. But we were so lucky because, um, believe it or not, one of the other pups was going to a lady in Eastbourne. So that's oh, right. like, yeah, that's only 10 miles from where we live. So we were like, oh, that's good. The breeder put us in touch and we shared the cost. Brilliant. But no, she doesn't, she doesn't, she sleeps. She goes to bed at between 10 and 10.30 and sometimes we have to wake her up. <laughs> oh, wow, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. the cat is another matter though because he does like to... <laughs> He does like to get on, you know, the bed and have a like little bit of a purr and a, you know, oh, a, a pad. So, yeah. All right. Okay. 
So another question for you, which three people dead or alive would you invite for a dinner party and why? Okay. I thought long and hard about this and I thought, you know, you can give the answer. I could say Jesus because I'd really like to know if he exists or not. But <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> but, but I've not got him on my list. And I, and I thought about this and I thought, well, when the opportunity arises to have a dinner party, I probably just want people that I really like there and, and who are my friends. Um, so I've actually only got one famous person, but I'm going to go through my two non-famous people, although one of them is quite well known in the travel industry. So he would probably class himself as famous anyway. <laughs> um, so my first choice would be Matt Crawford, and, and I'm sure people listening to this will probably know Matt from BCB Travel, but he and I, um, we just call each other brother and sister from another mother. So the reason I choose Matt is because he and I have got a very similar sense of humour, which is a bit naughty, really. <laughs> and uh, we've got a bit of a wicked sense of humour. And, um, you know, we think very similarly and we muck about and quite frankly we we love a bit of Ab abigail's party so that is exactly what the evening would turn into yeah so he would be my first choice my second choice is my friend ruby and ruby also works in travel she works for site center but the reason i choose ruby is because she is an amazing cook so, oh, right. so yeah, she'd provide the food absolutely she just is an amazing chef and she does she's very um she doesn't rate herself and she's just amazing uh, you know we've been for dinner parties over there and i mean god if i could just cook one meal as well as she cooks i would just be so happy but it's never going to happen so <laughs> so yeah i choose her because also she's a great girl and great laugh so so she would be my choice but we'd eat well that's for sure and, and the last yes. one is somebody famous, and it's because she is a very similar sort of personality to Matt and I in terms of a bit smutty and a bit. <laughs> and so that's Jenny. <laughs> so that's a comedian, Jenny Eclair. I don't know if you know her at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I just yeah. think she's hilarious, and I think she would just really complement the mix. Um, yeah. In fact, I've got tickets to see her. I'm supposed to be seeing her in June, but it's been postponed to next January. Oh, well, to be honest, I just heard yesterday she's going to be down here in February. So we've bought tickets down. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. She's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, good. But those are my three choices. Yeah, but you missed me out, though, Mel. Or is that just taken for granted? Oh, of course, Julie, darling. You said three. <laughs> <laughs> You're always welcome. You know that. Good, good. Thank you. All right. Well, we, we're coming to the end now of my questions, but I've just got one more for you, which is if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I haven't? What's so exciting about UK Rail? <laughs> <laughs> OK, I, I think people just think, oh, God. Bit well, actually, no, I don't think they do think that anymore. I think people do take it in terms of business and business travel. I think people really do take it um, seriously. Seriously now, but as soon as you you know mention UK Rail, people's eyes sometimes glaze over, and I just think there's a lot more to it than people you know, especially from the business travel perspective. There's a lot more to it than people really sort of you know under comprehend really, especially if you're yeah. you know, not related to the industry in any way. So, yeah. well, we we'll do that on the next one then, shall we? Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, it's been lovely talking to you. I hope everyone who listens to this finds out a bit more about you and they'll be really wanting to know more about your smutty sense of humour. <laughs> so in the meantime, you take care and we'll speak again soon. Yeah, you take care too, Julian. Great talking to you. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.